Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. If you have your Bibles this morning, go to the Gospel of John with me, chapter 3. I'd like to pick up verses 1 through 8. And this morning I'll be reading out of the NIV. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Very well known scripture story. You're all very familiar with it. But today we're going to reach in here and pull out some truths that I believe are applicable to you and I at this particular season. John 3, 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, verily, Excuse me, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives uh, birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. The key verse And this story that I'd like to highlight for you is verse number three. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Know this, there is a new level of existence that can only be accessed through the birthing process. Let's title this, Born Again to see. Pray with me. Father, bless the reading of your word. Holy Spirit, lead us this morning as the ecclesia comes together to do kingdom business. Give us revelation. Give us insight. Help each of us to find ourselves within this story. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand. And everybody said amen. Amen. The eyes of your understanding. Very quickly, let me just share with you a portion of scripture out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19. But before we turn there, know this. Back in the story in John chapter 3, it's very obvious that Nicodemus could see the signs because he referred to that. He said, no man could do the things that you're doing except God be with him. He saw the signs that Jesus was doing. But Nicodemus could not understand what they, those signs, were pointing to. He saw the signs, but he didn't understand what they were pointing to. He didn't understand what Jesus was trying to lead them to. It's one thing to see the signs. It's another thing to understand them. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19, the apostle Paul in the New King James Version said, Therefore also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what it is, the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now look at that, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may see. Now, if you read this, and I, I could preach a sermon here, but I just want to hit it and go. But if you look at this, there were, in essence, three gifts that were given from the Father. The Apostle Paul was praying this for them, three gifts. He spoke about the spirit of wisdom, or what we'll call timing of when. Wisdom knows when to do something. He spoke about the revelation of knowledge, information of what, information of what I need to do, okay? And then he spoke about the eyes of your understanding or the application of how. So we see here that what, knowledge, I get knowledge, okay? I know what to do. I get understanding, I know how to apply that knowledge, okay? And then I get wisdom, I know when to, when to apply that knowledge. That's success in life, to know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. I've seen people before with information, but no wisdom and when to use it. I've seen people before with information that they didn't have any understanding of how to apply it. They just didn't know. And here in these scriptures, this is so powerful that we read this in Paul when he's telling us the father wants you to know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. That's so important in life. If you want to be a success in life, you've got to know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And when you look at this scripture, you see here that he's trying to help us. Because he says, look, you need to know this. You need to understand this so that you can embrace your calling, you can embrace your inheritance, and you can experience God's power. That's, he made that very clear. You need to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it for your calling, your inheritance, and the power of God. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, okay? So everybody's with me so far. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you will know what to do, how to do it in life, and when to do it. Be careful, be careful. This leads to success. And you're going to fulfill your calling. You're going to step into your inheritance and you're going to experience the power of God. I need your eyes to be opened. Okay. Now understand the eyes of your understanding. Your understanding of something is the level of truth that you are standing under and it's shaping your life. Okay. And we say that again. Your understanding, okay of something is the truth that you are standing under that is shaping your life. Your understanding is shaping your life. So I have to ask the question, what are you standing under? What truth are you standing under? What perception are you standing under? What, what are you standing under that is shaping your thinking and shaping your life? What perception do you have of life or of a situation or of a relationship? What's your perception? Now, I understand that perception becomes your reality, but you've got to remember this. Your perception can be wrong. Your perception can be wrong. So what is it you're standing under? 
What's your understanding? Well, I have an understanding of a situation. And so you're standing under that. And that is shaping the way you think. That is shaping your actions. That is shaping what you're doing. And all along, you could be wrong. You could be limited. You could be confined. In the kingdom of God, we need understanding for the calling, for the inheritance, and for the power. We need understanding. And so we study the scriptures to make sure that the truth that I'm standing under is correct. What truth am I standing under? I want to be free of ignorance. I want to understand things so I can experience God's power. I can fulfill my calling. I I can step into my inheritance. Like with finances. If you don't understand the law of sowing and reaping, then that will limit you and your financial realm. So you have to have the revelation of giving of tithes, offering and alms, and suddenly you come understanding. You're standing under that revelation and it impacts your life. Are you with me this morning? So we're talking about the eyes of your perception being open, Paul said here in Ephesians. The eyes of your perception. God wants to open the eyes of your understanding So you can fulfill your calling, step into your inheritance, and experience his power. How many agrees with me that it's important that you not only have physical eyes, but that you have spiritual eyes? And you have understanding. So you can know what I need to do in life, how I need to do it, and when I need to do it. I need my eyes of understanding enlightened. I need to see with the eyes of my spirit, my inner man. Okay, so let's talk about being born again to see. Being born again to see. In verse three in our text, Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me, Nicodemus. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to. God's kingdom. You see... Nicodemus came as a religious man. He was an intelligent man. He was an educated man. He was a Pharisee, a prominent religious leader, and a member of the Jewish ruling council, the part of the Sanhedrin. And yet, he did not understand. He saw the signs that Jesus was doing, but he didn't see what the signs were pointing to, the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, listen to me. Son, you're never going to understand unless I open the eyes of your understanding. You're never going to understand. You need to see what I'm pointing to. Nicodemus could see it, but he couldn't understand it. Now, we understand what it means to be born again. We understand that. It means to be, it means to be born of God, and I take on his nature. We take on the very nature of God because of genetic endowment. His name, his name in, the, in, in Genesis is Elohim. He's the creator God. And so I'm born again. And I take on the very nature of God. And, and our goal is, again, to be conformed to the image of Christ, where when men look at me, they see Jesus. It means that we're a member of the household of faith, okay? It also means that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. Now I understand. We used, you know, we sing the old song, I saw the light. You know, 
I was blind, I was in darkness, but I saw the light. My eyes were open. So now, not only can I see the signs that Jesus is performing, but I see what they're pointing to. The sign is pointing this way. It's pointing me to the Father. It's pointing me to the kingdom of God. It's pointing me to salvation. So suddenly, the eyes of my understanding are enlightened. And now, I get it, okay? I know what to do, I know how to do it, and I know when to do it. Important in life. And now, I can fulfill my calling, I can step into my inheritance, and I can experience the power of God. Are you with me? You still tracking? Because we're talking about this coming year. And it's important that we all understand the eyes of our understanding be, being enlightened. We have to ask the question, what am I standing under? What truth am I standing under? What's my understanding? What's impacting my life? Shaping my thinking, shaping my actions. What is it? Am I like Nicodemus? I'm a religious man. I'm an educated man. I'm a smart man. I'm a prominent leader in the community, but I don't have the, the eyes of enlightenment where I can see what God's getting ready to do because I want to be a part of what God's doing. And I want to free myself from misunderstandings. I want to free myself from wrong perceptions. I want to free myself from old mindsets. I want to free myself from a religious spirit. I want to free myself from the fear of man. I want to come out from under, come out from under that misunderstanding. I want to get freed up where God can use me in the coming days, where I can be a part of what God's trying to do. How many times did we see it in the New Testament where again and again and again, it talks about Jesus came into his own, but his own received him not. That Jesus came to Jerusalem, but Jerusalem missed its day of visitation. That the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders just could not see. They could never understand. They didn't get it. Old wineskins, not able to embrace the new wine, standing under something that was shaping their thinking, shaping their actions, and it shut them out from the kingdom of God. You've got to ask the question, what is your understanding of the kingdom and what are you standing under? Because that can limit you. It can limit how you step into your calling, how you step into your inheritance, and how you step into the power of God. I, throughout my life, have been pursuing the glory of God, and I'm still learning every day. And there have been experiences that I've had with the glory of God that's helped to change my understanding so I can stand under pure revelation and I can experience the power of God. So I'm just trying to challenge everyone in this room and watching online. I'm trying to challenge all of us. You're going to have to be willing to search the scriptures. You're going to have to be willing to seek after God and you're going to have to have some old mindsets challenged, some old ways of thinking. You've got to ask the question, what is my understanding or what am I standing under that could be limiting me that I'm expecting God to move like this, but he moves like that. I'm expecting Jesus, the Messiah, to come to me on a white stallion to overturn, to overthrow the Roman Empire. And he comes to me on the, on the foal of a donkey, not as a conquering uh, warrior, but as a, a humble servant. Am I going to miss what God's getting ready to do? Are you with me? 
I'm trying to go through this quickly, trying to track with me. Results of the new birth, eyes of my understanding. So let me ask you this, real simple. Can you see what God is pointing to? Can you see it? Over the last two years, you've heard me say more than once, throughout all that we've been through, the pandemic, the rioting in the streets, the controversial election, um, the, the debate over uh, the response to the pandemic, all that we've been through, I have constantly been saying to this church, pay attention, pay attention, watch. Watch what you're doing, watch what your mouth is saying. Be careful, be careful your attitude, be careful with how you treat each other because God is watching. You see, it's so easy for us to get caught up in distractions and miss the very thing that God's trying to work in us or work out of us. We have to be careful. We have to watch that. So you have to go, well, what is your understanding of the situation? What are you standing under that is shaping your thinking and your actions? When we turned on each other the way we did across this nation, that told me that there's leprosy in the house and we have work to do. But you had to have eyes to see that. You had to have eyes to see that. You had to have eyes to see it. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that in the last days, there'd be a great deception. And we always, we always said, well, that's of the world. Listen, it's the elect that can be deceived. Do you understand? That's why he said, if they say Christ is over there, don't go. If they say, well, Christ is over there, don't go. We have to be people, men and women, that have eyes that have been enlightened to where we can discern situations, we can discern spirits, we can discern attitudes, we can discern people, discern actions, and say, okay, what, what is God trying to say to us right now? We have to be careful in these days. So, can you see what God is pointing to? And verse four, let me just show you here, Nicodemus was talking about the, 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 the second womb, okay? And verse four, Nicodemus said, rebirth, how can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Now listen to me, everybody listen to pastor. Life is a series of wombs pushing you to the next level. And you need to know that. I've gone from womb to womb, from experience to experience, and in each experience, there's been contractions that have been trying to push me to the next level. A womb will form you as it does a baby and then push you out to a new level of existence. It will push you out. That's why I preached here years ago, maybe in 07, 08, on the violence of change. And they didn't like it. They didn't like it. And they didn't like me because I was a change agent. And I brought about a lot of change in this church and I made a lot of people mad. But I tried to teach them that the one constant in life is change. The one constant in the kingdom of God is change. And if you don't like change, you're gonna struggle in the kingdom of God because he constantly is saying, I will do a new thing. The question is, will you perceive it? He never stays stagnant. He's always moving. He's always changing. And we, as the, the ecclesia, we have to be a people that can embrace change. We have to be change agents. Jesus was not a, a, a thermometer that would read the environment. He was a thermostat that would change it. He would change it. 
he'd walk into a room and he would just, man, he'd put that finger up and he'd go, okay, all right. And then he would change things. He was constantly changing things, getting people to think outside of the box to get you to come outside of your comfort zone because the, the whole point of the gospel is to bring about change, to change me into the image of Christ on a daily basis, constantly trying to mold me and shape me and mold me into the image of Christ, constantly changing me. He's not gonna let you stay stagnant. He's not gonna let you get comfortable. You'll get into a situation, you'll get into a set of circumstances and that womb will begin to shape you and begin to mold you and begin to make you. And it's, it, can be, it can be uncomfortable. And if you submit to it, eventually you're going to outgrow that womb. And then the Holy Spirit contractions will start. And he's going to push you out of that situation so you can go into a new level of existence. Can you imagine how traumatic experience it is for a baby to go from the safety of a womb where everything is perfect, where there's that comfort, that care, that isolation, all that, and suddenly contractions begin to push that baby out and suddenly they're brought into a level of existence that they're not used to. That's why they start screaming. Listen, the birthing process is uncomfortable it is messy and it is painful. And I've seen some of you through the years get into a womb and God begins to bless you and form you and shape you and you grow and you get all excited and Jesus is good and God's good and the church is good. And suddenly God starts messing with you and contractions start up and things begin to happen and suddenly your water breaks. And everything begins to rock and roll. And the Holy Spirit starts pushing on you and shoving on you and pushing you out of that comfort zone. And he's taking, and suddenly you come into a new level of existence and it's bloody, it's painful, and you come out screaming. But God refuses to leave you in that womb. You know why? Because babies that stay in the room eventually die. You've got to come out of that womb. You've got to come into a new level of existence. So life is a series of wombs and it will form you and then push you. And you can't go back to the previous room, womb, but you can move forward to the next one. That's just a fact. You can't go back, as Nicodemus said, he was right. You can't go back to that womb. He was talking about a natural womb, but Jesus was talking about a spiritual one. You can't go back there, son, but I got something else for you. You've got to go forward. You see, my dear children, Galatians 4, 19, my dear children, say children. So you're already in the family for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth. Wait, 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 Paul. I was already born again. Yeah, but I'm still in the pains of childbirth. Why? Because you need to be formed in the image of Christ. So there's another level you need to go to. Do you see that? Tell me you see it. Put that scripture up there. Look I'm in the family, but I'm still going through another birth because he's not done forming me. So that's why I say life is a series of wombs pushing you, pushing you constantly to a new level of existence. He's not going to allow you to stay where you are. I've seen people get into what we call just holy discontent. People get messed up. They get frustrated. They get irritable. Sometimes people get irritable in the church. They just get irritable. 
And at some point, they will break in a service, in a worship service, and they begin to weep. And suddenly they realize what's been going on is Holy Spirit's been trying to, through contractions, he's been trying to push them into a new level of experience. Some of you right now, you may be frustrated. You're snapping at people. You're irritated. There's something going on. You just feel restless. You feel like, look, you remember the old story? We preached it years ago, 50 years ago, about how that a mother eagle, when she's ready for her, her, her eaglets, is that, is that the word eaglets? <laughs> Sounds right. Sydney says it's right. Eaglets, when, when she's ready for them to fly, she'll pull the down feathers out of that nest, uh, exposing them to the thorns and thistles and make that nest uncomfortable and kick them out. Because if she doesn't, they're never going to learn to fly. It's called failure to launch. And I'm telling you, some of you, God's been pulling out the down comfort and the feathers and all the cushy because he's not going to have a failure to launch. He's going to kick you out. He's going to kick you out of your comfort zone, that nest, and he's going to put you out there where you need to be so you can become what he wants you to be, what you need to become. So if you're irritable and you're uncomfortable and you're just snapping at people, maybe God's stirring you up, saying it's time to go to a new level. The womb. The birthing process. You see, he said, children, I'm still in this birthing process until you're formed. So we know that the womb forms you, cannot contain you. And it will push you out. The birthing process is painful and messy and you cannot become who you need to be by staying where you are. So here's a word for somebody in, on, on campus or online. Your water is getting ready to break and the contractions will start pushing you to the next level. So don't be surprised when your water breaks and suddenly things begin to contract and God begins to push on you and God, God begins to, to, to shove you Time and time again in my life, I've been in situations. I've been in situations where I was comfortable, uh, things were well, but suddenly God starts pushing you. He starts shoving on you and there's contractions. But you, you have to understand that God's wanting to take me to a new level of existence. And I have to come out of that womb of comfort and be exposed to a place that I've never been before. And so look, you've you got to know this, guys. Look, <laughs> where you were was comfortable because you were familiar with it, okay? But now God wants to take you to a place that's not familiar, that forces you to grow and to learn new things. Back here, you may have been the mentor, but up here, you're the mentee. Back there, you may have been the teacher, but up here, you're the student. And it's a constant process in the kingdom of God. Back here, I may be a comfortable pastor, but now he wants me to step into the mountain of politics that I've never been in before and stretch me and stretch me. So there's a womb in process that pushes me, pushes me out where I leave that comfort zone and I come into a new place of existence so God can use me the way he needs to use me. And so the word for someone here this morning is that don't be surprised when your water breaks 
And suddenly this world that you were living in that was just so perfect, everything was just, everything was just wonderful. And suddenly God breaks your water and says, mm, sorry, can't stay there. Can't stay. And suddenly you're being pushed out into a new existence and it's bloody and it's painful and you'll come out screaming. But trust me, God's got a new level for you. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. But we all with, with, but we all with are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We're being transformed from glory to glory. So here's, here's the thing, guys. I was born again on August uh, 3rd, 1975. But I've been born again and again and again. I've been born again more than once because I come out of that womb. I may have started out as just a teenager, just loving Jesus. But then he said, okay, Randy, I'm glad you're saved, son, but now I need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he pushed me into a new area. And then after that, he pushed me into being a full-time evangelist. And then he pushed me into being an associate. And then he pushed me into starting a church. And then he pushed me into taking a troubled church. And then he pushed me in going back to Brownsville. And then he pushed me into coming to Beaumont. Then he pushed me into politics. He's been pushing me all my life. All my life going from level to level, from dimension to dimension. God's been pushing me and God's going to push you. He's going to push you. He's not going to let you stay where you are. He wants you to go from glory to glory to glory. So you need the eyes of your understanding enlightened. So you can say, okay, now, what, what, what can I see? Can I see what God is doing in 2021, 2022? Do I see that this is the year of 5782? The, may it be the year of the sound of the house. Can I hear that sound? Can I hear what God's trying to do? Do I sense what God's doing in these days? How is God using all the circumstances that we're dealing with? What's God doing on my job? What's God doing in my family? What's God doing in my church? What's God doing in my city? What's God doing in my nation? Do I live with a sense of destiny? And I sense and I'm listening, I'm looking and I'm watching. My eyes are open because I want to know what to do, how to do it and when to do it. I, it's not enough just to have information. I've got to have wisdom of how to use that information and I've got to know when to do it. Be on time, guys. Be on time. There's a time to speak and there's a time to shut your mouth. There's a time. There's a time. You've got to learn these things. You've got to have your eyes open and pay attention to what God is doing. Born again to see. You were born again to see. You were born again not just to go to heaven. This is not fire insurance to help you miss hell. If that's what you're doing, that's fine. Paul said there are those who will be saved as of by fire. But when they get to heaven, they won't have any reward. And so in eternity, there will be people that are going to be those that just sweep the hallways. God bless you. That's good for you. Not for me. I didn't put all this time in here just to go and sweep hallways in heaven. I want to rule and reign with him. I don't want my ministry to be burned up like hay and stubble and just get in as of by fire. I ain't got fire insurance. I've settled this hell thing years ago. I've, I'm not walking out on him. I'm like Peter when he turned and said, will you leave me also? Peter said, where am I going to go? I ain't got no place to go. Who else holds the words of eternal life? Who else? Listen, I'm sorry. I've 
tasted of the power of a world to come. If you think I'm going to leave this altar where the power of God is and the presence of God and God's people and go out there and just belly up to a bar so I can cry in my beer with some other poor soul that's broken. If you think I'm going to throw my life away over some gal in high heels, if you think I'm going to throw my life away just for another dollar, if you think I'm going to waste my life, you're crazy. I've tasted of a world to come and I will not go back. The world ain't got nothing I want. Don't waste your time out there with that nonsense. It's a waste. That's what we tell our young people all the time. It's a waste. It's a waste. It's a dead end. But there is a world. There's a kingdom that you can be a part of. That every day is an adventure. Every day. Every day, there's something new. Every day, you can impact people's lives and truly make a difference. I've been born again, but again and again and again. One last point, and I've got seven minutes to give it to you. So buckle up, hold on. Let's talk about living the supernatural life, the realm of God's dominion. John chapter 3 Jesus said, I speak in eternal truth. Unless you're born of water and spirit wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. The word kingdom here in John 3 means rule, realm of dominion, the territory subject to the rule of a king. Now, he, he, he spoke about being born of water and and, and there's a debate over that. Is he talking about natural birth and then spiritual birth? Or is he talking about the baptism of repentance and then spiritual birth? Doesn't matter. What you need to know, though, is he's talking about a supernatural life. And verse 5, it talks about the realm of God's dominion where we discover our freedom, provision, and power. And it's accessed only through the birthing, the birthing process and the contractions of Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying to us. There are things that I want. I want to fulfill my calling, as we read earlier. I want to step into my inheritance, and I want to experience God's power. You can only do that through the birthing process. You can't step into God's kingdom realm without going through the birthing process. Okay? And then in verse 6. He's talking about the birthing process and the spiritual realm makes the supernatural natural. Because he said, but the spiritual realm, guys, put those back on the screen so they can track with me. Put those back up, verses five and six, okay? See, verse, verse, verse six, he's saying, but the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. How many would like to experience a supernatural life? Okay. You see, there is a new level of existence that can only be accessed through the birthing process. That's the only way to do it. You can't get there otherwise. You're going to have to go into the womb. There's a, there's a conception. There's, there's a, a forming. God puts something in you. You're forming your shape, and then suddenly he's going to push you out. And it takes you into that new realm of existence. You can't live a supernatural life without going from birth to birth to birth, changing from glory to glory to glory, okay? Can't happen. Now, the other thing I want you to see here 
is exploring the mysteries of God, and we're done. John chapter 3, verse 8. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are spirit-born. The word wind there, of course, is the word pneuma. It means breath, Holy Spirit. You can hear the sound of his breath, but you don't understand it. So it is within the hearts of those who are spirit-born, the breath of God, the wind of God. At 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul said, But now, unveiling these profound realities to us by the Spirit, he has revealed to us his innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. Now, leave that verse up, guys, and let me talk to him. Stephen, come help me. He said here that God wants to unveil profound, God wants to unveil profound realities. He has revealed to us his innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that our mystery is God's reality, but he wants to reveal that to us? Do you understand that God wants you to understand him? God wants to expose his heart to you. God the Father wants you to understand not only what he does, but why he does it. God the Father wants you as a son to get close to him and truly understand him, okay? The Holy Spirit explores the deep things of God and he wants to lead you into those things. He wants you to understand. I don't know that we fully comprehend that, that God the Father wants his family to understand him. He longs to give himself to you. He longs to reveal his heart to you. He longs to reveal or to, uh, uh, to reveal his deepest secrets to you. He wants to whisper in your ear his deepest secrets. It's like the story of Abraham. Those, those angels showed up at Abraham's tent and they had a meal with him and they're getting ready to go deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord said, how can I hide what I'm getting ready to do? How can I hide it from my servant, Abraham? Abraham, how can I hide it from him? God was wanting to share his secret with someone and he shared it with Abraham. And Abraham inter interceded. He interceded, he said, will you spare them if there's 100 righteous, 50 righteous, just 10 righteous. See, God was wanting somebody to intercede. He was wanting someone to. He was wanting that. God wants us to intercede for our city. He wants us to intercede and to pray for our city and to try to find a way for God to show mercy. Do you know that God is looking to show mercy? When you, when you go to the Holy of Holies, you find there the mercy seat. God said, that's where I will meet with you, the mercy seat. God meets us at mercy. That's what he wants to do. But we have to intercede. And so he wants to share his heart with us. He wants to share his secrets with us. He wants to whisper kingdom secrets in our ears. He wants to come to us and say, listen, let me tell you what I'm getting ready to do in Beaumont. And I want you to feel my heart. And I, I want you to know my concerns. And I want you to sense what I'm doing. And I, I need you to, to listen to me. Jesus said to Peter, James, and John in Gethsemane, could you not just bear with me one hour? Couldn't you just hold on? I needed a friend 
I needed somebody to feel what I feel, to know what I know, to someone that would help me bear this burden. And I believe God is looking for that today. Someone that will understand him and someone that he can tell kingdom secrets to, whisper things to them. He said, I do nothing without first revealing it to my prophets. God is looking for a listening ear. He's looking for eyes that can see and hearts that can understand. That's the Father. He's looking for that. The supernatural life. Living the supernatural life should become natural for the born-again Christian. But it only happens because of what I just read to you. That he wants to reveal his heart to us. He wants to reveal the mysteries to us. He wants to talk to us. And the only way you can do that is by being born again and tapping into that. Jesus said to Nicodemus, listen, this life, it's like you hear the spirit wind blowing. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. But if you'll just listen to me, I'll reveal to you what I'm getting ready to do. It's in your heart. It's called the pneuma, the breath of God. You've just got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to pay attention. When I watch the news at home, I do it with a world biblical view. I do it, I try so hard to look at it through the eyes of prophecy. It's not just the news. I'm watching prophecy unfold in front of me. You've got to watch it. You've got to pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention what's going on around you. You see, this is the Hebraic year 5782. May it be the year of the sound of the house. This is the year for the sights, the, sm the smells, and the sounds of the house. And Greg Hood gave that prophetic word, awaken Beaumont. Awaken Beaumont. Ephesians 1.18, Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. And I pray that for you today, that our eyes would be enlightened, enlightened. The eyes of my understanding. I've told you many times, one of my fears in the 70s, I was in a church where I experienced a move of God, not like Brownsville, not like Toronto, not like Bethel, not like Azusa Street, not like the 50s with the tent revivals, but it was, it was a move of God in that church. And I, I experienced the glory of God in a powerful way. I experienced the anointing. Myself and other young men, we used to go to the, we'd go to the uh, church at night when there's nobody there and just pray and seek God and just experiencing him just experience and on Sunday God would move and, and, and we'd see I saw things and it was a great thing but when Brownsville broke out it looked different in the 90s than what it was in the 70s and there were many people that missed it because it didn't look like that, what they thought a revival should look like and I was torn I was torn and it, it became a, 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 it was a point of conflict for me because it split this assemblies of God right down the middle, 50-50. And I was torn. And so I had to make a decision of what I was going to do. And I decided to move forward into this new season, into this new wineskin. I, I decided that the old womb was pushing me out into a new place, a new level of existence. And I went. And it cost me. It cost me relationships. 
But I did it because I knew that's where God was taking me. And so my fear now is that the next move of God, if I'm privileged to be a part of it, the next move of God will look different than the previous move of God at Brownsville. And I want my eyes to be enlightened. I want my eyes to be enlightened so that I can see. I want to I see what God is doing. I want to see the signs, what they're pointing to. I want to see what God's pointing to. And I want to be a part of that. So that's why I'm saying to us in 2022, if this is a year for God to move, we need our eyes enlightened. We need to have understanding. We have to ask the question, what am I standing under that's shaping my mind, my thinking, my actions? Am I under an old wineskin? Or am I ready to come out from under that? Let the womb of God push me into a new level of existence, a new level of experience. Can I see what God's going to do in 2022? Will I see it or will I miss my day of visitation? We have to pay attention. We have to watch. Eyes of our enlightenment. It's the year of the house and the sights and the smells and the sounds. And I want to see God move. Born again, not just to go to heaven. Born again, not just to miss hell. Born again so I can see see the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.